0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. We are coming to you live from the America Center in downtown St. Louis at the Seek 23 concert put on by Focus. It's a beautiful early morning. The staff is arriving. The attendees will be here soon. And uh, we're together this morning here on the radio. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. It's good to be back with you. Let's begin our day together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayer. Works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it may be quiet now, but it's going to pick up here soon, and uh, so we don't miss any of the excitement. We're going to break immediately today for the weather and the saint of the day. I'll be back with you after this.
1: Today is the feast day of St. Talis Pope and Martyr. He established the Midnight Mass, Gloria in Excelsis Deo, and the celebration of Easter on Sunday. This is also the feast day of St. Genevieve. Born in France in 422, Genevieve was the daughter of Severus and Geronica. When she was seven years old, St. Germanus visited her town while he was making his way to Britain. A large crowd gathered to hear him speak and receive a blessing, and while he was speaking to them, he noticed Genevieve. Immediately, Germanus was given an insight into her holiness, and he told the entire crowd that young Genevieve, would live a life of great sanctity. Afterwards, she asked Germanus for spiritual direction. He took her to a nearby church and consecrated Genevieve to the Lord. The next day, he confirmed her newly dedicated life by giving her a brass medal engraved with the cross and telling her never again to wear any other bracelets or necklaces. After the death of both of her parents, Genevieve went to live with her grandmother and at the age of 15, left to become a nun. From that point on, she lived a life of prayer, service, and fasting. Genevieve was also blessed with numerous gifts from the Holy Spirit, including visions. However, when she described those visions, many were threatened. In fact, it would take the intercession of Germanus to keep her from being martyred. Genevieve also became an advisor to the king and, during a famine, asked his permission to help. She took a fleet of boats to Troy and brought back enough corn to feed all of Paris, preventing starvation and the collapse of the city. Later, when Attila the Hun was on his way to Paris, she advised the entire city to remain in their homes and pray rather than flee. Attila abruptly changed course and did not invade Paris. She died on this day in Paris in 512, After her death, many miracles were attributed to her, most notably during the fever of 1129, when all who touched her shrine were healed. St. Genevieve, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, we are back broadcasting live from the America Center in downtown St. Louis for this very special week of Roadmap to Heaven here at the Focus Seek 23 conference. I'm Adam Wright, joined here by friend and co-host extraordinaire, Patty Schneier. Patty, good morning to you. Good
2: morning, Adam. It's great to be here downtown here at the convention center. We're here, of course, bright and early before anyone else has really arrived. Um, But it's exciting to know that this hall is going to be filled very, very quickly with a lot of young people.
0: I have to say today's saint of the day is one of those ones where I'm just like, all right, Adam, what are you doing with your life? You know, she turned around to Tilla the Hun with prayer (laughs) and I'm, I'm just like, can I get up early enough to get coffee on my way to do a broadcast? But speaking about what you're going to do with the rest of your life. We're very happy to be joined this morning by Eileen Piper, who joined Focus in 2015 and currently serves as the Vice President of Lifelong Mission. So maybe there are some missionaries out there that are going to turn away the next Attila the Hun. We don't know. But in this role, she oversees a full variety of services being offered to post-campus audiences, which include parishes, dioceses, and Focus alumni. Um, Eileen, you've been with us on the show before by phone. It is so great to meet you in person, and thanks for being with us this morning. Good
3: morning. I'm so happy to be here
0: yeah we I think we all are I mean the excitement in the room last night was just palpable and I it took me a while to wind down and go to bed last night
3: yep Yep, me too. Adam, we've been waiting to come to St. Louis for three years. We're finally here. We're so happy to be here in St. Louis. We're so happy to be back in person. Absolutely.
2: We're so thrilled to have this here in our archdiocese for sure. And it's a great location for sure for so many people coming from all over the world, not just the United States. Yes. And uh, we're thrilled to be hosting it.
0: Yeah, as Judy Garland said, meet me in St. Louis. (laughs) So, Eileen, one of the things you're working with this week is the Making Missionary Discipleship Track. And that's we've, we've right. talked a little bit about it before, but let's remind our listeners, What's you know we know we have the college students here focusing on all of their their uh, breakout sessions and main sessions, but we've got a whole other group of people here that aren't the college students, and they're in this track.
3: We So it is, Adam, we've got, a lot of times people think of SEEK as really a college conference. We've got easily a third of the audience that's here down in St. Louis that um, is not in college anymore we're all a little bit older um and i think the beauty of seek is that with seek you've got really there's there's a place for you regardless of where you're at on your faith journey if you're really trying to just re-encounter the lord there's a place for you but if you're in a place where you're feeling frustrated because you've watched your kids or your niece leave the faith or your children leave the faith or your grandkids with the, the Making Missionary Disciples track, it really is all about learning how to live as a missionary disciple. We we hear about this as such a theoretical idea, but practically, what does that mean? And this is really a simple way. You're going to learn how to pray with other people. You're going to learn how to engage people in faith conversations with people who are already in your life. Not It's not creating an expectation that you're going to go out and speak to cast of thousands, though you may be called to that, but... Um, That's that's not the vision for this track.
0: Wow. I mean, Patty, that sounds like how many people we know that are saying, I, I want to go back to my parish. I want to yep. see things energized. If only were there was more going on.
2: Absolutely. And a lot of times people just need the vocabulary or they need the confidence. They just need the tools. And when you're in a group together of people where you are getting practical suggestions and tips, and you think, well, I could do that, that's such a little thing, a small thing. It's but that- when you learn this, um, again, I just think it gives people confidence and gives them a little bit more of a boldness to go ahead and have those conversations in a very loving way. And of course, that's what we need to learn, right? That balance between inviting and initiating rather than pushing people away, which we don't want to do. So I think what a great thing, this making missionary disciples. And like you said, it's for people of all ages, for those that are no longer in college, adults, any any age on up. Um, and it's right here in our diocese, in our archdiocese. So I tell people, come on down and be a part of this. Most people... I THINK AT HOME RIGHT NOW, many of them were not even aware of this huge conference that's going yeah. on here I was having conversations and I was telling them I'm going to be at the SEEK conference all week all week I'm going to be there we're going to be broadcasting live it's like what's SEEK conference I'm like how can you not know about this it's huge it's absolutely huge so I just want to let people know about this and that's why we're broadcasting live here
0: well and that's the good news right Eileen that there is still time if you're listening today and you happen to be off and you're like hey you know what that's not too far away from me you can come on down to the convention center I saw a little kiosk out in the hallway where you can actually sign up and, and pay right there and then go check in. Or yeah, I, I don't know if we can still go to seek.focus.org and do it online, but there's day passes. You can get multi-day and come down here. If you live in the Archdiocese, there's going to be Adoration Wednesday night that you're invited to. So many th- great things.
3: That's right. We just, we really, there. there's an opportunity for anybody, regardless of the time that's available, regardless of where you're on your faith journey. Like, we're really working hard to make sure that this is something that people in St. Louis are able to come and just really encounter the Lord. And I'm really excited about Adoration Night. We're going to have almost 20,000 people together praising God. You
0: you know, we talked yesterday about this, and and I couldn't help but think of this during the weather report. 70 degrees plus today that the last time we had this beautiful weather in January, a bunch of Catholics came together in this very dome 23 years ago on January 26th for the Papal Mass with St. John Paul II, who's also... The patron saint being invoked for this conference specifically because of that. I think he's helping us with the weather for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. I mean, I remember that day so vividly and we were all just elated as we stood out at two o'clock in the morning to catch buses to come down here to the Dome for that papal mass, and we couldn't believe we weren't even wearing coats. It was January. You know, it was a huge, huge thing. It really was, because everyone was so concerned about the weather. And the weather, of course, is secondary, but we just feel his presence. Yeah. We feel his intercession.
0: Well, Eileen, I think one of the other questions, and perhaps I'm a little jaded after 16 years of parish ministry, is that question of, you know, well, why me? You know, why, why are you asking me to come down and study this? Why, why do I need to learn how to become a missionary disciple? I mean, isn't that what Father's for? Isn't that what the deacon's for? Isn't that what the parish staff? this for why joe and jane said, or why do we have to learn to become missionaries that's
3: isn't that gorgeous it's our baptismal call Mm -hmm. when we got baptized that's what we were anointed to do and and evangelization can sound so scary but that's it's so relational it's so relational and i think it's really important too we had we've got you know, thousands and thousands of lay people who are here, but we've also got the seminarians. We've got our priests. We gathered a whole group of priests last night. Our parish priests. We've got we've got content for them, and really, because every single one of us, regardless of our call, is really in, invited to step into missionary discipleship.
0: Yeah, and I think of so many professions. I used to uh, <laughs> way back when work at an insurance brokerage, and that was the thing. Once you got your license, you had to go for your continuing ed. Uh, my wife is a nurse. She has to take classes every so many months and then put that towards her continuing ed, and that's so many professions. Well, why wouldn't we do that with the most important thing we do, our faith? Why wouldn't we go on and have continuing ed?
3: Exactly right. Exactly right. And this is like the deeper we get into our faith, it is like the deeper we get into the mind of God, which is bottomless. And so for any of us to really think that we've graduated when we got confirmed... We are called, and this is, I mean, I'm speaking to the choir, anybody who's listening to this program right now, we're just called to come deeper and deeper. And this is just one more facet where we can learn how, like how Jesus lived with his
2: 12 apostles. This is what we're talking about down Mm -hmm. here at Seek. And Focus does such a great job with that. I mean, you've got the tools and the resources and the people and the staff, again, that can all help us and equip us, the everyday ordinary lay people in the pew, Jane and Joe in the pew, as we like to say. And I think that that's what's encouraging as well as to come together and realize you're not alone and I think that's what I've heard most often from the young people that we talked to yesterday they were so excited to be here because they go I am not alone Mm -hmm. on my college campus I am not alone wanting to be Catholic and be on fire for Jesus and I think we adults need that feeling too we are not alone in wanting to evangelize our family and our friends and get our parishes on fire
0: yeah And Eileen, I, I think as we wrap up, that's one of the things that's really struck me. I, I go back to my college classes, and especially the science ones where we were in the lab, if everybody was excited about it, those were the best days in the lab because it's like, all right, we're having fun. We're, we're doing stuff with physics and making, you know, launching nerf arrows all over the place, or dropping things, <laughs> and making egg cradles. And then there were the days that you're in the lecture, and there is no interaction with your classmates, and you're like, I mean, you're learning things, and it's okay, and it's good. But there's something about being in community together and not just sitting at home, and and, and no disrespect to books, not just sitting at home with a book, but actually being together in person as we do this.
3: Yes, yes, that's exactly right. And Patty, I love it. Like, I'm not alone, and there is so much hope. Mm. You're going to come in, and you're going to see the future of the church. Yes. And, And especially at this time in St. Louis, where there's just so much transition, it can be just a time where you feel a little unmoored And you're going to come together, and you're going to find your community, and you're going to find people, and you're going to be, like, equipped for the journey. That's beautiful, and we need that.
0: Wonderful. Well, Eileen, I want to thank you for being with us. Eileen Piper from Focus Ministries, uh, and I know you've got a lot to get to today. You were were up late last night, and you started early this morning, so may the coffee be flowing strong today (laughs) for you and for all the staff. Uh, We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, Patty Schneier is going to be joined by Barry Dean. And then a little bit later on in the show today, we'll have a special Special guest, The Holy Goalie himself, the Bishop of Springfield in Illinois, Bishop Thomas Paprocki, is going to be with us here on the show. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned.
4: Act of contrition. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins, because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because I have offended thee, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen.
2: Hi, I'm Patty Schneier. I am live at America Center here at the SEEK23 conference, and I am joined right now with a very, very dear friend of mine. I'm telling you, it's so much fun for me to be here because I keep running into people that I have met through 20 years of public ministry, and one of them is my dear friend Barry Dean. Barry, introduce yourself to our listeners. I can't wait for them to get to meet you.
5: Well. For you to call me a dear friend, that's very rare that people would do that, especially (laughs) publicly. This is recorded, so I may save this. Not many people do that. Barry Dean from Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, I run the Alabama Baseball Coaches Association full-time. I coached college baseball for about 15 years, and now I run our association full-time. But I formed the Association of Catholic Coaches and Athletes in 2011 after my faith was reawakened. By Lighthouse Catholic Media.
2: I know I met you at a Lighthouse Catholic Media you're conference, right. you're and right. you and you're my right. husband Larry started talking sports. That's right. And Larry says, "I like this guy, Barry." That's right. And then you and I met, and then you brought me down to Montgomery, Alabama.
5: You were you were holding court. You know, <laughs> you're one of those court holders, and we were on the breaks there, and all of us Lighthouse reps were all juiced up for Lighthouse all around the country at Monday Line, and you and Larry were there, and you had, you were over there. It's like all these women were gravitating toward Patty Shire. Oh, not true. You were holding courts. Larry's (laughs) over there, like in the corner, just all by his lonesome. So I said, let me go over and talk to this poor guy. And, uh, and then, of course, when I saw you talk, uh, I kind of gravitated toward you.
2: And you and I have been friends ever since. That's right. That's All right, right. So you're here at SEEK because of the Association of Catholic Coaches and Athletes. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you do with that organization and how anybody, um, sports-minded people, I mean, we got a lot of people that love sports. How do you combine do. both sports and faith?
5: After my faith I was really reawakened in late 2010, um, you know, I – Fellowship of Christian Athletes is very big all around the country, especially in the South. Great organization, very Protestant, and they would have a breakfast at the convention, the baseball coaches convention, the national convention every year, and I'd go to their breakfast and really love it. And it it hit me, why not let's host mass in the hotel for Mm -hmm. Catholic coaches at the baseball coaches convention where I'd always go. And we did it in 2011. I gave out the Matthew Kelly book, Rediscover Catholicism. I gave his uh, CD out, Seven Pillars of Catholic Spirituality, because I'd gotten hooked on the CDs then. Coaches loved it. Uh, I got it. To, I started hosting mass at the Football Coaches Convention. I passed out books and CDs. And just I had that inside of me to evangelize the coaches because the CDs had meant so much to me, where we met, of course, with the
6: sure. Lighthouse
5: Catholic Media. I pa- started passing out CDs to everybody, getting the CDs in the churches in Central Alabama, the Lighthouse Stands. And I started thinking I'd do this for baseball coaches. I host a big convention for our baseball coaches. I host a big all-star event for the players, high school, in the state. Why not start having faith events for Catholics to combine sports and faith?
2: especially when I think about it because a coach is such an influential person in a young boy or young girl's life. I mean, the coach sometimes can become almost a second parent. You know, they're, they are open to talking with young people. And a lot of times young people confide in them. And if they are on fire for their faith, then that ripple effect is huge. So what have you seen through the association of Catholic coaches and athletes? How has this ripple effect taken place?
5: Well, when you form coaches, I know this personally, you know, we can't give what we don't have. And when you when you affect a coach uh, faith-wise, then you're obviously, hopefully, affecting many of the kids he's gonna be around and just how he lives his faith, whether he whether he ever talks about it, and hopefully he will use words, but I'll, of course, use actions first. So, um, for myself personally, being on retreats, I've seen men, I go to the silent retreat men Manresa. This will be my seventh year down in convent louisiana i've worked Curcio retreats i made a Curcio in mobile archdiocese back in 2011 i've worked many of those retreats i'm just getting to where i do going out to do the catholic retreats now and so we haven't had them yet i've seen the power of getting my friends to go on retreats the silent retreat in manresa and they come back and they're floating and they get other friends to go i truly believe that can happen with the but you know the toughest thing patty and you know this getting Catholics to come out about their faith. Mm -hmm. I I, I make jokes, it's like the Secret Witness Protection Program. (laughs) You know, you keep it close to the vest. You pray a rosary every day of your life for 30 or 40 years, but you don't ever invite anybody to pray it with you. Mm -hmm. You may go to daily mass, it means a lot to you, but you don't really talk about it, you do it.
2: You bet, gotta let it shine.
5: And I'm very outgoing with my faith, Not not in a prideful way, but sharing CDs when they were popular. Now I can share links. Um, I, I'm a higher-tech evangeliz- evangelistic uh, person there sending links out to people. Um, for great faith talks. Central Press has so many talks. Augustine Institute. Oh, my gosh, Focus. Sure. So I'm just sharing information, and I'm doing it more in a faith manner. Uh, even more being here at Focus and getting a booth. We can always use donations. We can put that in on this recording.
2: <laughs> well, and the beautiful thing is is what you're doing. Like I said, everyone here at this C conference has a special niche and everyone is just one cog in this huge wheel we're all on fire for our faith we're all trying to do what we can but i just wanted to let let people know about the association of catholic coaches and athletes because it's nationwide it's not just in alabama it's everywhere how can anybody who's a coach saying you know what i want to become a part of that i know you do podcasts you have things to encourage your coaches final word how can they get in touch with the association of catholic coaches and athletes
5: they can go to accanda.org uh, Say that eight, again, Sadie. ACCANDA, Association of Catholic Coaches and Athletes, accanda.org. You can click on the learn more about us. My cell phone's there. People can text me. I, I don't, you know, 334-676-0434. That's my cell phone. We're going to send out a weekly spiritual workout. It's got the priest for talking about the upcoming readings and gospel, an athlete talking about their faith, five minutes max. Send that out. If you want that emailed to you or a text to you, I'll do it. Uh, you that's know, great. I, I, you know, that's the first part of getting that, like Dr. Gray does at the Augustan Institute. He sends his daily reflections out, which I get, which are phenomenal. We're going to do it every week and have an athletic component to it. Beautiful. And then, and then Philip Rivers is on board with what I'm doing. I'm going to do a camp with him down at Fairhope, Alabama, where he's coaching now high school football and try to get other Catholic coaches to come down. And it'll be a great retreat for Catholic coaches to work the youth camp with the kids, kind of a double, double-edged double sword there.
2: Beautiful. All right, Barry Dean. This is Barry Dean from Catholic Association of Catholic Coaches and Athletes. Dear friend of mine from Alabama, don't you love his accent? Barry, it's been a pleasure. I was so excited to hear you were coming to Seek, and I'm thrilled to see you here in St. And, Louis. And
5: we're getting you back now to Alabama October 16th to 18th. Yes. That's the second fall fellowship dinner. Father Larry Richards will be there on October the 18th. You'll be there the 16th, 17th, and 18th, speaking to people in Montgomery. Father Larry will come in on the 18th into the dinner, where we also try to raise some money as well. And you'll, you will. Um, I hope you don't upstage him because you're such a good speaker. Oh, I, I love Father Larry. <laughs> Father Larry is really good. It's always a pleasure, but, but, Barry but, uh, Dean. Thank you so
2: much for joining thanks, us on Covenant Network. We appreciate it. Enjoy Thank the conference.
5: You. I will. Thanks for having me. God bless you and God bless everybody here.
4: God bless. Bye bye. A prayer to redeem lost time by Saint Teresa of Avila. Oh my God. Source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen.
0: Well, we are back. You're listening to a special edition of Roadmap to Heaven live from the America Center in downtown St. Louis at the SEEK 23 conference. Presented by Focus. I'm Adam Wright, joined by Patty Schneier, and we are happy to welcome to our booth here in the Convention Center the Holy Golly himself, Bishop Thomas John Paprocki of the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. Your Excellency, it's always good to have you with us on the airwaves, but it's so great to see you at the conference good today.
2: Good morning.
6: Well, good morning, Patty. Good morning, Adam. It's great to be with you and your listeners, and it's exciting to be here at this SEED uh, conference with all these young people. A lot of energy.
0: Now, b- before we dive into what Focus is doing in the Diocese of Springfield, there was some exciting news that I saw recently. In fact, I think it was uh, Christmas Day, I saw this on the diocesan Facebook page, that you received a, a very nice piece of parchment from Rome uh, with something you know, even better than a beautiful parchment, a, a spiritual gift for the people in the Diocese of Springfield, and that's an indulgence for this year. Could you tell us a little about that?
6: Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a decree from the Apostolic Penitentiary. And our English uh, uh, vocabulary should uh, understand penitentiary in a little different sense than what we <laughs> understand here in the United States. Although it's the same root, it's a place that you, you do penance. And so the Apostolic Penitentiary is actually the uh, dicastery or the department at Rome that, that deals with matters, what they call the internal form, matters of conscience. So matters of the sacrament of reconciliation, but also indulgences. And so uh, I requested and received this um, uh, plenary indulgence, uh, which is granted for uh, anyone who visits our cathedral in Springfield uh, or Saints Peter and Paul Church in Alton, which is our former cathedral when the diocese uh, was based in Alton from 1856 until 1923. And So we're celebrating the centennial of uh, moving the diocese from uh, Alton to Springfield. So the, this beautiful parchment has uh, all the uh, details in it. It's in Latin, and fortunately I studied Latin, so I, I pulled out my uh, Latin dictionary and translated it and uh, so we're going to have those uh, uh, posted and framed and posted in uh, the cathedral of our uh, in the vestibule of our cathedral in Springfield and also at St. Peter and Paul Church in uh in Alton so people can uh, can read that for themselves
0: and this isn't limited just to souls that reside in the diocese if I take the train up to Springfield right. and I, I could receive the indulgence by satisfying the conditions
6: right uh, anyone can can do that under the usual conditions are uh, having received the uh, Sacrament of Penance uh, reconciliation within a week or two of, uh, of the day that you do that and also receiving Holy Communion then praying for the intentions of our Holy Father uh, and then and in particular of uh, uh, with this indulgence would be, of course, uh, since the patroness of our cathedral and our diocese of the Immaculate Conception, to make some prayers of invocation to the Immaculate Conception, and then also uh, to Saints uh, Peter and Paul, since the, the the former cathedral was dedicated to them.
0: That's beautiful, an absolutely wonderful opportunity for us. Now, uh, FOCUS is what brings us together here today. It's a wonderful convention that we've been enjoying uh, just in the first 12 hours here. And FOCUS is not a stranger to the Diocese of Springfield. You have FOCUS missionaries at the campus at SIUE Edwardsville, correct?
6: Yes, we do. And so FOCUS, uh, for those who don't know, is an acronym that stands for Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And uh, a few years ago, I, um, I asked uh, Curtis Martin as the head of FOCUS. He's the one that started it and has got this whole thing uh, g- going and s- quite successfully, but uh, they're, they're very successful in what they do on uh, college campuses. And so one of my uh, young priests, Father Rob Johnson, was actually a FOCUS missionary, mm-hmm. and that was a very important path for him and his discernment to to become a priest, and I think that's one of the wonderful things about Focus is they help young people to discern their vocations. So, uh, having heard from Father Rob about the work of uh, Focus missionaries on campuses, I I asked Curtis about you know getting campus uh, missionaries um, for our campus Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville is, is a rather large campus. It's actually. I understand now uh, larger, um, more students than they have at their main campus in Carbondale, hmm. uh, Illinois, because it's right—it's near St. Louis. It's right across the river uh, from St. Louis, and um, so we also have campus ministry at Eastern Illinois University in Charleston. Uh, we have a Newman Center there, but uh, the, the the ministry over at SIUE. Uh, is where we started the the campus uh, ministry with the focus missionaries, and I'd say one of the things that is uh, a, a feature of the focus missionaries is precisely the word missionary. So um, typically and traditionally, we talk about campus ministry, and it's sort of like you know, and that's very important. We're we're providing a ministry, we're providing masses, we're providing the sacraments for students who are on campus. Focus uh, missionaries, I think, uh, have a, a more proactive uh, stance, so it's not so, sort of just waiting for students to come to the to the uh, campus ministry or Newman Center, but uh, going out to be a missionary. And so that's so vital. Uh, and I think it's very, very uh, appropriate that we do this. It's, it's a secular university, so it's not like it's it's not a Catholic university where, you know, you would expect that to happen. And, and actually, some of the, the strongest... Uh, uh, focus missionary programs are in secular universities. Texas a for I was example. I just going to say um, that. University of <clears throat> Illinois, <clears throat> Champaign. Yep, yep. Uh, and so now SIU. And, and so we've been doing this for a few years. And uh, it's, it's growing and I'm, I'm really happy with that ministry.
2: And I think that's the crucial part. Like you said, we um, have things in place on Catholic universities, but it's so nice that these focused missionaries are going to secular universities, big universities, where a lot of our students are Catholic, but they want that community. And the missionaries go out, and they engage, they have small groups, Bible studies. They they help the students find their community on campus. And if you can find that small, local Catholic community, it can make all the difference in the world of whether or not you keep keep your faith during your college years or not. And I think students need that. They know that. Parents know it. So focus has really filled an important role on college campuses. So I'm thrilled to hear that there are focus missionaries at SIU Edwardsville. That's awesome.
6: And the the challenge on a secular campus sometimes is you don't have uh – uh, a sacred space uh, to use uh, now. Now, some places, have done that. So, we built uh, Newman Center at Eastern Illinois University in Charleston. There's a beautiful church in in uh, Champaign, mm. uh, St. John's uh, Center. But we don't have that in in Edwardsville. So not we, yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. We've been talking about it. But so we've been using uh, well, the the uh, the dome that they have there, the geodesic uh, dome that uh, is kind of an interfaith center. We were renting that for a few years. The last uh, couple of years, we've been doing Masses out of parish churches at St. Boniface in Edwardsville and more uh, recently out of um, uh, Maryville. Uh, but actually, there's a, there's a good side to that, too. For, for one thing, it's that we're trying to give the message that uh, join a parish, be part of a parish. But the other part of it is, uh, 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 I think, that forces us to focus our—pun in, intended with focus—to uh, focus our— uh, our um, missionary outreach uh, on people and not so much to be concerned about buildings
0: very true your excellency one of the things i can't help but think as we sit here at, a, at our booth i mean right across from us is a whole display of phones from throughout the ages and we are surrounded by religious orders left and right and and to our our right is our, our dear friends bob and mary alice helmsing from the sarah club of st louis it, it, it's vocation it's this time of life that a lot of college students are asking that question you know lord what are you calling me to. You you have to pick a major. You have to pick if if you're in med school, what's your focus? Or if you're in law school, what area of law are you going to pick? And I I wonder if we could talk for that, about that for a moment, how important it is to have these missionaries and to have these campus ministries at a time when so many uh, young adults are asking that question, what am I going to do with my life? Yes, that's that's
6: a key stage in any person's life when you're, you're young and you're looking to your future. What are you going to do with your life? And uh, and particularly our, our our Christian notion of vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, to call, it's, it's God calling us. And so the real question is not what do I want to do with my life, but what mm-hmm. does God want me to do uh, with my life. And so you come to a, a, a place like this, and uh, Curtis, I talked to Curtis Martin yesterday here, and he said they're expecting uh, close to 16,000 uh, young people here, and so exciting. I, I think one of the, the neatest things about that is... Uh, you know, in many, many parishes, um, unfortunately, you don't see a lot of young people. And I think that's discouraging for young people to come to church and they don't see too many other young people. They come here and they see 16,000 young people mm-hmm. and, and it reinforces, I'm not alone in this. But as, act, actually, also, as you look around, uh, you see a lot of priests wearing uh, their Roman collars, wearing cassocks, You, you religious sisters here uh, wearing their um, habits. And uh, so it's a very visible sign. And so uh, any young person here who's thinking, I wonder if God's calling me to be a priest or calling me to be a religious sister. Well, there's plenty of people here to talk to. Tell me about your vocation. Uh, and uh, and also the sacrament of uh, matrimony is very important that we, in our culture today, uh, uh, where it's not necessarily a given uh, with young people that they're going to get married. And so I think uh, I appointed my... Uh, uh, promoter of vocations, Father Dominic Rankin, last summer, and uh, spe- gave him the specific uh, uh, task not only to promote vocations of the priesthood and religious life, but also the sacrament of matrimony. He has his uh, licentia in sacred theology and marriage and family life, so Beautiful. Uh, we got to push that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I,
0: I think one of the great things about this, too, is, you know, when you say well it, god is god calling you well to what you know when i was a kid my experience with religious sisters were my teachers who were all 60 plus and, and you know and experience with the parish priests the same thing they were all in their late 60s but then you come here as an adult and you see religious sisters who are young, young. adults and priests who and are joyful. Still young and seminarians who are young and say wow this is someone that looks like me grew up like me and and they got called to this vocation maybe god is calling me to this vocation well, yes, like yourself, I, I went to a Catholic grade school and had religious sisters teaching me in
6: school. So, in fact, I had a, I had a sister in every grade except seventh grade. So I, it was a very uh, natural part of my experience. Unfortunately, many young people uh, don't even meet a religious sister. Uh, but they come here and they not only see religious sisters, but they see young religious sisters and young priests. So it's not just, well, that's something, you know, older Older men or women are, are priests and sisters. No, there's young people here. And so it makes it easier for them to relate to. And and so f- for some of them, maybe they've never encountered a religious sister in their life. And so they see someone here, they can walk right up to them and say, you know, tell me about what you do and what your life is like and what your community is like.
2: And what's also so incredible for me to, see, to witness here in this convention hall is... Not just a few orders of religious. I right. mean, there are literally there was a whole religious row of every single religious order and new ones that I've never seen or heard before in my life. And and I go up to them like, oh, my gosh, your habit is so beautiful. I've never seen this even color of a habit before. There were women in in beige they were in like a light brown i've never seen that like khaki and and again i'd never seen that and and the priests as well so i just love seeing the diversity but the unity um, each charism of course is different and that's what this is all about of just sharing yeah. that joy
0: now in the midst of all of the joy of the focus conference the seek conference it is also a, a sad week in the life of the church with the passing of pope emeritus benedict the 16th whose funeral will be tomorrow in rome and uh what a tremendous gift i I know as a young adult for me john paul ii helped me fall in love with the church specifically when he came here to saint louis Mm -hmm. 23 years ago this month but it was the writings of pope benedict that drew me into the depth and the richness of john paul ii's teachings the the fathers of the church Uh, his own teachings on liturgy were instrumental in in my formation as a liturgical musician Um, and i understand that you have a, a pretty fun story about uh Pope Benedict XVI and, and when you were able to be with him in Rome right before you came to Springfield.
6: Uh, yes, actually it was uh, in March of uh, 2010 that I was going to Rome for Holy Week. I was Auxiliary Bishop of Chicago at the time and um, there's not much for Auxiliary Bishops to do during Holy Week. because <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cardinal George was taking all the masses at the cathedral. I could have concelebrated, but I can do that anywhere, actually. So um, I had this invitation from a priest friend of mine in Chicago. His sister and brother-in-law were going to Rome, and would I like to go with? So I asked the cardinal. He said, "Fine." So he knew I was going. I'm on, It's Monday morning. I'm on my way to the airport, to O'Hare International Airport, and I get a message that the Cardinal needs to talk to me before I leave. And I was in the car with another priest. So I thought, "Well, I better wait till I, I can talk to him privately." So I get to the airport. And I I get the cardinal on the phone, and he says, oh, good. I'm glad I got you. Can you talk? I said, well, I'm in the terminal at O'Hare. What's going on? (laughs) So he was always very direct and right to the point, not a lot of small talk. So it was, well, um, uh, the the Holy Father is appointing you to be bishop of uh, Springfield, Illinois.
2: (laughs) You find this out in an airport? (laughs) That's right.
6: I'm in the the terminal (laughs) at the airport. And also, uh, talking to other bishops, what's unusual about that is the phone call came from the cardinal and not the apostolic nuncio. Which is typically the Apostolic Nuncio in Washington as the Cardinal's repre- as the Pope's sure. representative. I have a feeling that was the Cardinal's personal request. They said, let let me talk to Bishop Paprocki, so he did, and so I said to him, "Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm on my way to Rome, and I plan to attend the general audience, the papal audience, on Wednesday morning. And bishops are always invited right up to the platform, the stage, with the Pope. And after he gives his uh, his um, audience a presentation, the bishops are invited to come up and talk to him." Well, because it was Holy Week, and most diocesan bishops, of course, are in their dioceses. There's only four bishops there, <laughs> um, two bishops from the Roman Curia, a retired bishop, and me. And you. And and so um, and I was junior in seniority, so I'm the last one up there. So it's just me and, and Pope Benedict. And I, so I go up to him and I introduce myself and I say, "Well, I'm. Uh, I understand that you have just appointed me to be the new bishop of Springfield in Illinois." thank you for the appointment, and uh, I just wanted to assure you I'll try to do my best. And he just sort of smiled and nodded. He might have said something like, oh, very good, very good. (laughs) (laughs) But I have a wonderful picture of that. They snapped a picture just as I'm talking to him. So I have that in my conference room, actually, and I tell people this This is me thanking Pope Benedict for appointing me to be the bishop here of Springfield in Illinois. Oh, that's so so
2: awesome. I love that story. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that with us and our listeners.
0: Before our time here concludes, Your Excellency, I wonder if we could ask that question for a moment. And it may be too early to tell. I mean, I think we're just still seeing the impact of St. John Paul II on the church almost 20 years after his passing. What do you think will be one of the uh, lasting impressions that Pope Benedict will leave on or has left on the church?
6: well i think he was uh, a towering intellectual and uh, so that's uh, throughout his career so he was a university professor uh, he was uh, a, a, par- a paritus or an expert at the second vatican council so he was involved in that uh, and then he was uh, under uh, pope john paul ii he was his, uh, the prefect for the congregation for the doctrine of the faith and uh, then as pope in his own right, uh, his writings are voluminous uh, but it's very interesting so he and um, uh, St. John Paul II, I think, were uh, very, very, uh, two very important figures that work closely with each other, both very intellectual, both very holy. John Paul II was a philosopher, and f- uh, philosophical writing could be a little more difficult to to, uh, to get into and to understand. Uh, Pope Benedict was a theologian, and I, I found his writings in many ways more accessible. And even his homilies, listening to his homilies, that week that I was there for Holy Week, for example, in 2010, I went to the chrism mass that he celebrated with the priests of the Diocese of Rome. He was very much a pastor uh, mm. to the, the to his priests, but also I remember that homily is just something that was very down-to-earth that people could understand. So, I am in mean, his writings, he wrote his uh, books on Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, so I, I think that... Uh, what, what he wrote and what he taught will will have a profound infa- impact for, for many years to come.
0: Well, I know you've got to go uh, off to Vest for Mass, which begins here in about half an hour, 40 minutes. But Your Excellency, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us. As always, could I ask you to offer a, a prayer or a blessing for our listeners?
6: Certainly. Let us pray, dear God, at the beginning of this year and during this Sikh conference, we ask your blessings uh, upon all the listeners of uh, this program and also upon all those who are attending this Sikh conference Be with us, guide us, and help us to always be blessed and to do everything that we do according to your will. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Well, Bishop Paprocki, thank you so much for being with us here live at the SEEK conference. We wish you the best at this conference. And thank you for your prayers and the stories you shared with us this morning. We are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven to get you another check of the beautiful weather that's in store for us, weather that hasn't been this good in January since St. John Paul II was here 23 years ago. And then we'll have the Daily Dose of Encouragement for you, and Patty and I will be back live after this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for the Archbishop. Heavenly Father, in these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our Archdiocesan family so that we may grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Happy Tuesday to you. This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier is bringing us nuggets from the Perpetual Help Devotion. Patty, I look forward to today's nugget. Well,
2: we are going through this beautiful devotion, the Mother of Perpetual Help Devotions, and sometimes we say them rather quickly. Some people maybe have never heard of them or ever prayed them before in their lives. Look them up perhaps. They're on a Catholic app or just Google, Mother of Perpetual Help Devotions. And as you read through them, they are truly beautiful. So here's a second nugget, some of the prayers that We pray. It says, Mother of Perpetual Help, As a child, Jesus ran to you for comfort and reassurance. You did not see him as only a frail child. Moved by the Holy Spirit, you accepted Jesus as the Son of the Most High, the long-awaited Messiah. Following your example of faith, help us recognize Jesus in those we meet, especially the poor and the lonely, the sick and the elderly. Keep us always mindful, dear Mother, that whatever we do to the least of our brothers and sisters, we do to your loving Son may his words live in our hearts and influence our lives and the lives of those we meet end quote I love this part of the prayer of the Mother of Perpetual Help devotions. And when I pray these words, I am in my heart saying, Lord, give me the eyes to see you in every person I encounter today and every day. If you've got to go to the grocery store today, see Jesus in every person at the grocery store. If you're at work today, try to see Jesus in every person at work. If you are at home with your family, see Jesus in every family member And consciously do this, make an effort to name everyone and see everyone as Jesus. So I'm looking at you, Adam, right now. You are Jesus right now to me in front of me, and I want to honor you and cherish you and treat you with how I would treat Jesus. So let's do that today out in the world. It's just a nugget of truth from the Mother Perpetual Help devotions, and uh, I think it's a great one for us to start the new year, start our week, and do whatever we can to see Jesus right in front of us wherever we are
4: today.
0: Well, we've got our marching orders. Now let's go out and do as Patty says. Patty, thank you for today's dose of encouragement.
4: Teach us to be generous, good Lord. Teach us to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for any reward, save that of knowing we do your will. Amen.
0: It's just been a joyful morning. Everyone's starting to file in, and one of my favorite things I think I've seen so far is yesterday in the evening, I saw all these flags walking around, you know, right. people carrying the, flags. The and different like, colleges. What, what's with the flags? And then I went into the main part of the Dome, and if anyone's ever been to a football game in St. Louis at the Dome, it's, it's a huge... Space and then, like the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, you have all these <laughs> flags. It's like, where's that group? Oh, yeah, they're over there. That's my group. Those are my people. I'm going to go hang out with well, them. Well, it's a
2: practical thing, of course, because you got to be able to find your group, but it's also a beautiful thing to see all of the different flags.
0: Yeah, it really is. So, we want to remind you uh, of a few things before we sign off today. One, if you go to archstl.org, if you live in the uh, Archdiocese of St. Louis, they do have passes available for the evening of adoration completely free. Um, and, and you just go to archstl.org. There's a little rotating banner of images at the top of the page, and it's the third one there. You click on it. It'll take you to the registration for that. You do need to register. You can't just show up. You do have to register for that. But that's Wednesday evening. All are invited to join uh, for adoration. And then if you want to come on down to SEEK, there is still time to register at seek.focus.org. And I think they're even taking walk-ins. Uh, but with that, you know, our time this morning has come to a close. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. All Pray for for us. us. St. Joseph, Chair of Demons.
2: Pray for us. St.
0: John Paul II. Pray Pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, stay tuned in all day. Patty and I may be joining you at random parts of the day today. We'll be back broadcasting this afternoon as well and back with you tomorrow morning. Until then, for all of us at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright.
2: And I'm Patty Schneider. And
0: do not forget, as the Blessed Mother asks us to do every day, pray your rosary today.